Yeah, Katie Daddy, yo, and I'm definitely a geek. Well, I'm a little under the weather this week. Uh, it's been it's been kind of you know, um, but I did manage to get out of bed long enough to watch the Japanese women's team take the curling bronze. We lost to Korea, but we won against the United Kingdom, and that was a nail biter. It went down to the last stone. It really looked like Japan was not going to win. It was going to come up short yet again for a medal, but we finally got our first medal. It's a bronze, and I'm just thrilled. I was crying. It was such an emotional moment, and I'm so happy for those girls. They really played their hearts out throughout the entire Olympic Games, and I'm just thrilled for them. And if you get a chance, if you haven't watched it, go back and watch at least the highlights. Um, you know, they were just phenomenal, and I'm so, so proud of them. We got some news this week, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about your cable options. Apologies in advance for my voice and things. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, seasons change and I get sick, I think is how it works. So anyway, let's get to the news. Line Mobile has launched a new Wi-Fi option for users of the service. For an extra 200 yen per month, you can get access on not only your smartphone, but also on computers and presumably also tablets to over 49,000 public Wi-Fi hotspots, cafes, train stations, and more across Japan. This is fairly common here, actually. Most public Wi-Fi is actually paid. And while the recent tourist boom has led to some more commonly visited areas being blanketed with public Wi-Fi, which are usually targeted at and sometimes only accessible by tourists, on the whole, free public Wi-Fi isn't really as big a thing here as it is in many other countries. Still, this might be reasonable. 200 yen per month to save a little bit of your data as you are out and about seems like a decent deal. Now, Lion Mobile claims, by the way, that they have strong security, whatever that means. But still, I'd use a VPN just to be safe. Of course, your device is going to be set to auto-connect when you're in Wi-Fi range, so you might have to leave the VPN on or the Wi-Fi off and trigger it manually. They are offering a free three-month trial for current users of Line Mobile if you'd like to sign up. Also, a new option for users is Virus Protection Service for Android phones for 420 yen per month. But that just seems silly. By the way, speaking of Line, this is the part of the show where I remind you to be careful of what links you click on in emails. As in the past few weeks, I've seen a number of reports about phishing emails purporting to be from both Netflix, Japan, as well as Line, and they've been making their way around. There's also been a few I've seen in English, Apple, that sort of thing. Seems like they're really starting to get a little more clever. They look fairly realistic and and true to form. So... I thought it'd be worth taking a second to remind you that, you know, even in Japan, there are some folks who'd like to scam you, so be careful out there on the net. Japan Taxi, which operates taxi application Zenkokutakushi, or Nationwide Taxi, announced on February 26th that it will raise 1.5 billion yen. Now, Japan Taxi is an IT venture that develops software and hardware in the mobility field, including taxi apps under the umbrella of taxi company Nihon Koutsu, Japan Transportation, and they launched their taxi hailing app in 2011, and by December of 2017, they had exceeded 4 million downloads. There are about 60,000 registered vehicles on the service, which is about a quarter of all the taxis nationwide. Now, the company boasts having the top share in Japan for all taxi dispatch applications, and I can attest to this. You know, I personally never use them, as I don't drink, so I just kind of ride my bicycle everywhere. But I actually have the app installed on my iPhone, just in case, and I've seen acquaintances use it before. 
And with the recent news that SoftBank is also trying to move into the taxi-hailing app business, and with no one like Uber or Lyft being able to operate in Japan, it's going to be interesting to see who uh, drives away with the market share. A few months back, we talked about mobile carrier AU holding an event to revive old garake, or old flip phones, which have lost their ability to power on due to age. Well, they're at it again, this time down on Fukuoka. Starting this Friday, March 2nd, and running all weekend, AU will be holding the third in their series of events. Now, apparently, even if you're not an AU customer currently, and perhaps even if your old phone isn't an AU model at all, they will still attempt to revive it for you. And presumably, they're also going to attempt to sell you on the nice new AU plans and shiny new phones they have here in the year 2018. You know, still, this is a great idea, and I'm, I'm thrilled to see them holding another one of these. It was really heartwarming to see some folks get their precious memories back. And if you're in the Fukuoka area and you want to try to get your precious memories back, check out the link in the show notes for all the information. McDonald's Japan announced that it will introduce a new system which allows customers to place orders as well as pay for the orders on smartphones. Starting this year, the experimental program is planned to roll out at about 2,900 locations across the nation. McDonald's says the goal is to enhance the customer experience by reducing waiting time and human interaction. Okay, you know, so I added that last part, but still, it's nice. You know, not that I ever really eat at McDonald's, but I do remember visiting Boston a while back, and I was wandering around Fenway Park, and I just had to try out the self-order kiosks, and it was a great experience. Now, those were giant touchscreens, and honestly, McDonald's Japan already has a great mobile app, and it has coupons and promotional offers, that sort of thing. So if I could order with my iPhone and pay um, with Apple Pay, and you know, I might stop by every now and then to get a grilled chicken sandwich or, or a McPork. Wait, the McPork is gone? Uh-oh. Well, at least we still have teriyaki burgers. <sighs> Never podcast on an empty stomach. Parents are evil. At least that's what my students say. I'm abstaining from further comment. But at least one kid took his frustration to Twitter when his mother found an incredibly clever and annoyingly frustrating way to lock him out of his electronic devices. Literally, she got a small padlock and she set it between the two holes on the AC adapters of her choice and she locked it. She did this for both his video game system and his iPhone charger. Speaking as a kid, he tweeted, I'd like to say to parents in Japan with kids who play games for a long time that this is going too far. Apparently, she was concerned that he had been spending way too much time playing games, so she took matters into her own hands. I have to say, this is an incredibly effective, if not annoying as heck, way to literally lock him out. And, you know, I gotta say, though, the padlocks she chose aren't the thickest kind out there. After all, it has to fit inside the holes on the AC adapters. But, you know, maybe if the kid is clever enough, he could uh, find a workaround. Uh, I hear they have tools and things that might be able to break that. Not that I would, you know, advocate for that sort of thing. Of course, knowing his mom, she'll probably just retaliate. And then the cat and mouse war of 2018 shall begin. Tom and Jerry, eat your heart out. It's train talk time! Oh yeah, oh, my voice is weird this week. It's, I, I'm a little under the weather, I think. You know, trains in Japan are notoriously on time, and with the exception of JR's trains, always seem to be late. I can't remember the last time a train was running more than 30 seconds late, and for the record, JR has such a large network of trains that sometimes delays in one region of Japan can kind of have a ripple effect, and they can impact service hundreds of kilometers away. 
But despite usually impeccable service, even Japanese train companies have a bad level of service every now and then. And this was the case in Tokyo on February 22nd, when a bunch of things that could go wrong seemingly did all at once. It started with a delay on the Chuo line. Now, the official statement was that passengers have requested police assistance regarding an umbrella that was wedged on a rapid Chuo line train. Customers may experience delays of more than 15 minutes for some trains between Takao and Tokyo. And while this seems like a real accident, some people suspect that this was just a way to cover up for the next part of the tweet, which read, quote, an agitated woman on the women-only carriage was shouting, I don't have my coffee. Now, according to Japanese media outlet Jcast, interviews with witnesses at the scene revealed that the woman suddenly screamed to no one in particular, I wanted to drink coffee. You know, I drink coffee, so why wasn't there any? I didn't want to drink matcha. Sensing a commotion, the train driver stopped the vehicle at the next station and requested police assistance. Coaxing her to step off the train proved futile, as it only encouraged the lady to demand seats from passengers, and her demands were met with silence. But fortunately, she managed to calm down after a few minutes of persuading from police officers, and the train departed, and the troubled lady got off three stations later, much to the relief of the other commuters. Then... A separate, unrelated incident happened, causing delays on another line. Quote, Due to commotion on a female-only carriage, the Keihin Tohoku line is anticipating more than 15-minute delays for trains bound for Okubo and more than 10-minute delays for trains bound for Omiya. It seems a male intruder was found on the women-only carriage with passengers chanting, Get off! Get off! End quote. Now forget about the delays. I'm just kind of thrilled that the women stood up for themselves. You know, too many times in Japan, women are the victims of harassment, hence why they have female-only carriages. You know, we have this thing called chikan, which is the act of groping someone on the train, especially during the rush hour or other times where the trains are very crowded. And while there are signs everywhere at many, many stations saying that, you know, chikan is illegal and that you should report it to the authorities, too often it goes unreported and unpunished. It certainly doesn't go unnoticed, though, as oftentimes nearby passengers simply ignore what's happening. And the worst part of chikan is that it's often the junior high school or high school's girls in their school uniforms, which are the targets of this kind of harassment. In fact, this kind of harassment is one of the things that led Japanese manufacturers and mobile phones to implement the system where it's a voluntary system, but manufacturers are expected to add a non-silenceable camera shutter sound to any phone sold within Japan. Again, it's not illegal not to do it, but it's considered proper practice, proper business practice. You know, basically, if we don't self-regulate, then they're going to regulate us, that kind of thing. And people would harass the girls by sticking the, up their skirts and taking pictures like that. And that kind of was one of the things that led to this. So that, plus Chikan incidents, it kind of makes sense that they'd have women-only carriages. So, you know, despite all the delays, I'm kind of happy to see that the women stood up for themselves. We don't know much more than that, but it definitely caused delays. And it just seemed like all around just wasn't a very good day for passengers in Tokyo. So we talked about Sky Perfect, the Bell Express view of Japan, and we talked about broadcast TV, the bane of my existence. And now we get to talk about a really cool alternative for people who are looking for options that don't end in flicks, prime, or able television. And that's Hikari TV. Now, you can think about Hikari TV kind of like AT&T in the United States and their failed attempt at cable TV via fiber, Uverse. Except Hikari TV actually succeeded. Hashtag regulation. Hikari TV, as the name implies, 
Enterprise uses NTT's fiber-based Hikari Flets internet service. And we discussed that in length back in episode 7, so if you're interested, check that out. And Hikari TV provides many, if not most, of the channels which are provided on standard cable TV or sky-perfect BSCS broadcasting, but without any fancy antennas or special equipment that you need to install. You have to have a box, but we'll talk about that in a minute. And you do need a fiber internet modem, but you probably already have that, right? Actually, you know, this should go without saying, but you do need to be subscribed to a compatible Fletz Hikari-based home internet service for any of this to work. If you have cable internet through JCOM or one of the other regional providers, you're going to need to go with them for your cable TV needs or get an antenna and go with SkyPerfect like we talked about last week. You know, plans vary from region to region if it's cable TV, so it's kind of hard for me to cover that on the podcast. So let's just run down Hikari TV's lineup because I think it's decent. The basic package gives you some Hikari TV exclusive channels, as well as a few shopping channels, and, perhaps the only reason to subscribe, a bunch of channels which can be viewed free of charge with a BS antenna. Now, this might be a great option for someone who wants to view NHK and other broadcast networks' premium BS content, but who live in a location which cannot receive BS satellite broadcasts. Maybe your apartment is facing the wrong way or something like that. Maybe there's trees blocking it. And this package costs 1,080 yen per month, but it has no free trial or introductory pricing. Now, the next step up is to the 1,620 yen per month packages, and this is where you get a choice. There's the TV Osusume pack, the TV suggested pack, which gives you over 50 HD channels, as well as everything in the basic pack and some additional Minogashi Haishin access. Now, Minogashi Haishin is basically on-demand content that you can view programs after they've aired. Usually, it's a week after it airs, or it depends on the show, it depends on the channel, but it lets you access certain content after it's aired on standard broadcasts. Kind of think about it like a DVR, but not really. The Video Indulgence Pack gives you unlimited access to over 14,000 movies and TV programs through Hikari TV's on-demand service. Now, while this package and all packages include access to their terrestrial broadcast channels and BSCS free-to-air broadcast channels, the Video Indulgence Pack does not include any of the channels that are in the TV Suggested Pack. For that, you're going to need to step up to the highest package, which is the Oneuchi plan, the value plan. And for 2,700 yen per month, you get everything in both packs. You get all the on-demand stuff, plus the 50 HD channels, the Minogashi Haishin stuff, everything. Now, these three plans offer up to two-month free trials for new customers. However, the prices are introductory prices for the first two years, after which they do go up by 1,000 yen per month. Maybe that's why I left Hikari TV, actually. The price went up. And there are also additional premium options for additional fees, including movie and premium content channels like Wow Wow, as well as sports, international news, and more. Now, you got to remember that for all these packages, you're going to need a compatible tuner. That's where they get you, right? Actually, the service is so popular here that some recent TVs and many recent Blu-ray recorders are Hikari TV service compatible. So if you're looking to purchase one of those anyway, it might be a good idea to see if you can find one which supports the service. And there may be restrictions on what you can and cannot record to disc, depending on the content in the channel. And with some of the receivers I'm going to talk about in a second, you can just plug in a hard drive to the back and use that as a DVR. Uh, and actually, one or one of them may have it built in. I'm not exactly sure. I haven't used it. But another option is to purchase a receiver for 19,800 yen or 29,800 yen, depending on which model you get. And at that point, honestly, I would say just 
get a Blu-ray recorder that has Hikari TV functionality. If you're going to be spending the money on a recorder, you may as well just get a better one, get a Blu-ray, because that'll give you more options. And of course, you can always rent one from Hikari TV. They offer triple tuner and single tuner models. Get the triple tuner. I'm not sure why they offer both. It's 540 yen per month. And the triple tuner model also comes in one that supports 4K broadcasts. That's 1,080 yen per month. Now, all of these tuners come with two months free, and the 4K model comes with months three and four at half off. One really great thing is that NTT offers signups and package information, but they do have different names and it doesn't have all the options listed, but it's in English. You do have to make a phone call though. The horror. Actually, I had Hikari TV at one point, way before streaming was a thing here. And I had it by myself for a while, then I kept it when I got a roommate. You know, we got a bundle deal with Hikari TV and internet service to provide our OCN for a decent price. And we did get a free TV out of the deal, so it wasn't too bad. I remember recording and watching all of the original series of Pokemon on Kids Station. Man, that was a blast to revisit. Actually, it's now on Amazon Prime Video if you're interested. I do miss Hikari TV sometimes, though not enough to resubscribe. Although, honestly, the prices are a lot cheaper than I remember them being. I I don't think they've changed. I doubt they've dropped them since I was a subscriber, but, you know, maybe I just was surprised after looking at Sky Perfect's packages for so long in recent weeks. Still, for me at least, other content like YouTube and podcasts, as well as streaming services, you know, I just finished my eighth or ninth annual rewatch of that 70s show, which is finally on Netflix Japan. It's all subtitled and everything. It's crazy. You know, that show never gets old, man. But those have filled any media void I may have had. But, you know, Hikari TV is a good deal for what it is. And it's a great way to get cable-like service with, you know, without actually having cable or having to get fancy equipment. And then the lower cost than a lot of the other services. So if you're interested, check out the links in the show notes. Well, I managed to make it through the podcast in one piece. You know, uh, cable TV and Hikari TV and satellite and all that, it, it kind of, you know, it makes me wish I had something, you know, even though I, I know I don't need it, but it, you know, it, it kind of is like, ah, oh. see if I could get Hikari TV, this is the thing. If I could get Hikari TV through my fire TV, I would, you know, there's really nothing like sling TV or anything like that, like kind of over the top on the internet cable like services. There's Abema TV, but Abema's free and it doesn't have a lot of the channels that you would find on, on satellite and cable. I think they're still, working through a lot of this stuff. And I think that some of these larger companies kind of have a monopoly. We're, 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 again, Japan tends to lag behind on these things, if you can believe it. Um, I mean, the streaming situation should have given you a clue like that. But yeah, it, it seems like no one is really trying to make like a sling TV-like service. And, you know, if you could get Hikari TV on a Fire TV, I might actually do it. But having to hook it up through a box or something like that, it's just like that adds additional cost and additional complexity, and I don't want to do it. And plus, you know, it kind of just makes me want to go back and watch Pokemon one more time. It was really fun to go back and watch it again. I watched the whole thing as a kid, and so going back and seeing it again, it was it was really nice. And uh, now it's on Amazon Prime all these you know years later, so maybe I should give it another shot. And actually, speaking of Pokemon and Nintendo, I'm still trying to decide what I'm going to do next week, but I'm thinking about talking about one now sadly defunct but at the time really incredible satellite service in the 1990s that was leading the way it was cutting edge and it still to this day is something that 
I wish I could have experienced live and in person. It just looks like it was a really cool thing. So we'll talk about that next week. Anyway, for now, if you can, please subscribe in Overcast or Pocket Cast or whatever podcast app you choose. It really means a whole lot to me. The show is also available on Apple Podcasts. If you could rate or review the show, it would really help out. It would help out with discovery, getting the word out there. And you can find the show notes for this episode at platypuspodcast.com slash geek slash 19, which is also where you're going to find links to all of my social media. And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, topics, or you just want to chat about anything, especially how to get over this cold, I'd love to hear from you. Please tweet them at me on Twitter at Kaylee Dayil with the hashtag ZittaiGeekDayil so I can find them. Until next week, 以上、ケイリーでした。バイバイ。せーの、終了。絶対ギークだよ。is a platypus podcast production. And I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>